this is Mike Dilt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Hi, and thank you for joining me, Mike Dilt, with the Relax Back UK show. This week, the show is made possible by the kind sponsorship of AlgoCells. AlgoCells uses the body's own stem cells ability to regenerate tissue to treat joint and spine injuries and pain. Check out their website, algocells.com. We start off with a potential big step found in the treatment of spinal cord damage. If this um, molecule and the effect that we see in our animal studies translates to humans, this will redefine a whole field of therapy, how to, how to treat nervous system damage. Paul Brennan is the president and CEO of NerveGen, and they've developed a drug to help repair nerve damage. Now that is amazing enough, but the method involves helping to repair scar damage. When you have a trauma that occurs, you have these scars form, and, the, and then they collect in your brain or your spinal cord forever. They don't go away but they also happen in chronic disease. There are many diseases such as Alzheimer's where something like this could potentially help. Then onto something a little closer to home, well, my home anyway. I'm too fat. Yeah, I've said it. I am too fat and I suffer from high blood pressure and I have decided now to try and do something about it. Introducing Vlad, my personal trainer, for the next month or so. And, you know, for the next four weeks, we have a program planned up for you, which consists of, you know, some weight training and some cardio and some circuit training. So, you know, hopefully in the process, we're going to keep tracking, you know, every week your weights and how you're doing, how the strength is improving, how your overall fitness is improving. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> it's his giggle at the end that worries me. What really does he have in store for me? Well, keep listening for a fun show. Thank you. that makes you feel good. Nagging pain. We at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. AlgaCells. Part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alka-Cells. Life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being centre in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside you will find a vegan restaurant juice bar and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. I started my chat with Paul Brennan, president and CEO of NerveGen, just by thanking him for taking the time to chat 
and to come on to the show. So, first of all, Paul, thank you very much indeed for taking a few minutes to chat today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Good. Right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, very excitingly, you guys have um, developed a drug, and I had a sneaky peek at your website, uh, and uh, emblazoned across, it says, enabling the nervous system to repair itself uh, and uh, helping with things like spinal cord injury and stuff like that. And this sounds fantastic. So the first question has to be, um, what is it that you've developed and, you know, where was it developed? So, yeah, we, we've developed a really interesting pharmaceutical drug um, that we think helps the nervous system to repair itself, as you mentioned. So I'll answer the question first, where was it developed? It comes from the work of a Dr. Jerry Silver at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. And his work, um, it's actually 30 years of his work that's come to the development of our drug. Jerry was initially interested in learning why is it that nerves grow where they grow when we're developing? And how do they know where, we, where not to grow? So how is it when the spine's growing in, in, in the fetus, how does it know not to veer left or right? And he postulated that there were negative guidance factors, things in the developing fetus that were turning the, the neurons away. Um, and he identified a class of molecules that were present in the brain that nobody thought were present in the brain at the time. These molecules are called CSPGs, or the long form chondroitin sulfate proteoglycans. I won't say that again, I'll just we'll call them We'll stick with CSPG, yeah. yeah that's, that's much easier. So these, he saw, these CSPGs are in the brain. So, so hang on, I'm gonna, CSPG says to growing nerves, don't go that way, as exactly. opposed to saying, do come this way. Exactly. All so right. up until, uh, that's, that's, that's actually a really important distinction. Up until that time, everybody thought it was a, please come this way. It was a positive attraction and not a negative repelling. Re repelling. So, so that was his start of his work 30 years ago. And he published and said, hey, these CSPGs are present in the brain because nobody thought they were present in the brain or in the spinal cord. But he had to turn his work towards something more than developmental science, something that was an applied science. He was losing his grants, frankly. And so he started to look and say, hey, you know what? Are these CSPGs present elsewhere? And he thought, well, maybe they're present in the scars that form when you have an injury. So this goes back to over 100 years. Over 100 years ago, they realized that when you have injury to the nervous system, like a spinal cord injury, you get a scar that forms. And they knew that it was the scar that was stopping the repair. Neurons were getting trapped in the scar. And so Jerry said, hmm, maybe these CSPGs are responsible for what's going on in the scar and the inhibition that's occurring. So he looked for the presence of CSPGs in scars, specifically interested originally in spinal cord injury. And lo and behold, these CSPGs are present in the scar that forms in a spinal cord injury. So then he asked the question, okay, well, what happens if you get rid of these, if you digest these CSPGs with an enzyme? Now, you can do that in an experimental model. You can't do that in humans, but you can do it in an experimental model. So he gave uh, rats spinal cord injuries, digested the CSPGs with an enzyme, and lo and behold, all of a sudden, you started to see repair mechanisms uh, kick in. Neurons starting to regenerate into the scar, but also other repair mechanisms like increased plasticity. So plasticity is the ability of the surviving neurons to take on additional function. We all have it. Uh, it's the remodeling of the nervous system. 
And right. so you can get surviving neurons to take on additional function. When you use chondroitinase, you're getting plasticity and other repair mechanisms. Okay. So what's interesting, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I was gonna ask um, a very man in the street question. Um, so if, if the scarring is the thing that is kind of preventing the repair, to, does that mean that there's kind of, there's an element of bad design there? There's a bit of a flaw in the design. Yeah, that's great. That's a good question. That's one of my first questions, actually, when I came in is why, what's the purpose of the scarring? It is bad design. So the scarring is there and important for the first 24 hours of your injury. They contain the injury right. and make it as small as possible. So um, when you have a spinal cord injury, if it's a minor injury, it can contain the injury and you don't have any long-term damage because it's only a minor injury. When it's a major injury, they're still trying to contain the damage. And you think about it, evolution, these scars, they never go away. So the right. design flaw was not to have the scars, but to have them there permanent. All right. So when we were evolving over a hundred, you know, hundred thousand years ago, these, if you had a major injury, you weren't recovering. You were sort of being eaten by the lions. So there was no need for long-term recovery, no need for the scars to go away. Um, so they play an important role acutely. But, but after that, um, we've seen when we digest these scars after 24 hours, there's no negative effects. Okay. So have you, you, you said you've been able to do it in, uh, in experimental animals. Have you been yeah. able now to kind of show this uh, in, in humans? Well, so that's what we're working on right now. But we knew that the approach, the experimental approach, wouldn't work in humans. And so Dr. Silver had to have two more major developments to get us to a, a pharmaceutical. Okay. The first was after identifying that CSPGs were the problem. And by the way, CSPGs are present anytime you have damage to the nervous system. So it's not just spinal cord injury. You see it in stroke. You see it in concussion. You see it in chronic diseases, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis. So it's a general response to damage the nervous system. So Dr. Silver's next discovery was to identify one of the receptors by which the scars were having their effects on the neurons. So, so for many, many years, they knew that these CSPGs were inhibiting repair, but they didn't know how. And then in 2009, uh, Dr. Silver presented um, and discovered that there was a receptor called PTP sigma. And it was that receptor that was um, inhibiting the neurons from repairing themselves. Okay. So next step, you've got to do something about PTP sigma. Exactly. And that's the third thing. Uh, and that's what's resulted in the development of our drug. Um, okay. So what Dr. Silver did was uh, design what's called a peptide mimetic. Dr. Silver and a number of members on uh, grad students, which mimics a part of the receptor and therefore disrupts the receptor's ability to um, um, to inhibit the neurons from repairing themselves. Okay, right. Let, let's go. Just say that again, but a bit more slowly. You, you, you introduced the, this phrase receptor now. Is the receptor the, the, the thing in the nerve that looks out for the uh, CSPG or the PTP sigma? How does that work? Yeah, so um, 
basically receptors are how cells uh, detect the environment around them. Uh, and so if a neuron is being stopped by something, it's got to have a receptor that detects that something that stops it. So what we know is the cells in the brain, um, neurons and other cells in the brain, have this PTP sigma receptor on them. And when they are in the presence of CSPGs, they interact with the CSPGs to stop the cells from initiating the repair mechanism. Okay. So your so your your drug kind of turns that receptor off, that PTP sigma receptor off, or, or re reduces how effective it is. Is that right? Yeah, it reduces how effective it is. It doesn't necessarily turn it off. It's a really complex mechanism by the receptor interacts with other receptors. But what we know is what we know is that if we mimic a part of that receptor, we can stop the inhibitory effects of the CSPGs. Okay. All right, excellent. So if you say say if if I, I damage my spinal column, uh, so then you you help me with this this drug. Other parts yeah. of my body might need to make scars. I mean, it's quite useful making scars. Uh, in yeah. uh, you know, um, does it turn it off everywhere? Um, you're not generally as you're unless you're in an injury or a chronic disease. You don't. You're not making scars. So these glial scars, these neural glial scars, are not the same as the scar that you have if you cut your skin, wow. or they're not the same as the fibrotic scars you have in your liver uh, that causes cirrhosis. Um, so it's a very different type of scar. It's specifically a scar that's in the um, uh, that, that's in in the brain, and it's actually okay. we're not turning off the scar formation. We're just allowing the neurons to ignore the scars. Right. Oh, okay. Very good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is this this is potentially well. It's not not being a, a a scientist. I'm actually I'm a scientist by marriage. My my wife is a scientist, so I <laughs> I, I, I have some experience with some of these terms. But forgive me, it's just being a little bit slow getting there. All right. Let Let's explore. You, you mentioned a few already. Some of the other issues that this uh, can help with. So, uh, it, it started off looking at you know if you have a spinal cord injury from an accident, I'm, I'm assuming that sort of thing, you yeah. can help people with that. So hope you know that their nerves might regenerate so they can get some movement back or some feeling back, that sort of thing. But you 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 mentioned a few other um, issues and and diseases that it can potentially help with. Go go through some of those again because. Yeah. They're, they're massive, you know. Yeah. Oh no, this this if this um, molecule and the effect that we see in our animal studies translates to humans, this will redefine a whole field of therapy how to how to treat nervous system damage. But so so it's exciting, and and, and we're very excited about it. So so when you have damage, I, I mentioned this at the beginning, whether it's a spinal cord injury or or a concussion or a stroke, when you have a trauma that occurs you have these scars form. And, the, and then they collect in your brain or your spinal cord forever, they don't go away. But they also happen in chronic disease. So when you have inflammation in the brain, something like Alzheimer's, um, everybody who, who reads a little bit about Alzheimer's will read about these amyloid beta plaques that occur. And that's really how you diagnose Alzheimer's is the presence of amyloid beta plaques. Well, 
the amyloid plaques are surrounded by CSPGs. Right. Not it's published. That was published actually over 20 years ago, and very few people realize that. Um, it wasn't picked up generally, but it was published by Dr. Silver. In multiple sclerosis, uh, multiple sclerosis is a disease where the myelin, which is the fatty tissue that surrounds the neurons and protects them and helps them conduct their signals. Multiple sclerosis is a disease where the immune system attacks the myelin. Mm -hmm. And you see, as that happens, you get a buildup of the CSPGs. And that's why the myelin is, as the disease progresses, it's harder to repair the myelin you have a greater accumulation of the CSPGs. Right. So they're inhibiting nervous system repair wherever they come up. And you, you, um, we believe it's present in Parkinson's disease. Um, in models of Parkinson's, it's, it's ready. We believe it's present in ALS. We're actually in the process of looking for the presence of, in human tissues of, of these CSPGs. Anytime that we've looked for CSPGs in a chronic neurodegenerative disease, we've seen them present. Okay. And in fact, as you, I'm going to diverse here, as we get older, our brain generally accumulates more CSPGs. That's why it's harder for us to learn new things. This plasticity, the ability of neurons to take on additional function is inhibited by the CSPGs. So as we get older, we get, uh, we get more CSPGs, we get more inhibition of trying to remodel. Sure. Goodness, that's interesting. So, you know, ne 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 never mind all the diseases and Alzheimer's and all the rest of it. You could just stay as sharp as you were in your 20s and 30s by uh, popping a pill. That's a that's a big speculation. We don't have any data showing that. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, that's one area that this can 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 grow. Uh, there has been some studies done in mice, older mice with the chondroitinase, where you digest some of these background CSPGs that are present. Right. And, and it does appear to look at better ability to form memories and, and, and reasoning. But that's a, that's a big leap from the yes. really Let, Let's, let's rein things back in. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a little, little, little more sensible. Yeah. Um, but if, if, say if we're looking, this started off looking at, at nerve damage, so spinal damage, something like that. If you were, say, uh, treating a patient, would you treat them once with this and it would get rid of the CSPGs or like, so, you know, a few days, or would they be on this stuff for the rest of their life? No, we, uh, it's going to be a, a term of treatment. Um, and we haven't found exactly how long that term would be. Um, but based on the experiments we've done up to now in, in, in rodents, my best guess is that we're treating patients for somewhere between someone who's, who's in a, a trauma, like a, a spinal cord injury or a stroke, for somewhere between three months to six months. Right. Now, if you have a neurodegenerative disease, we're not curing the disease. So we're not stopping Alzheimer's, we're not stopping multiple sclerosis. What we're doing is helping people recover from the bad effects of those diseases. Right. So what you might see in someone with Alzheimer's is a periodic treatment. They might be treated for three months or six months and then get a break. Um, and then if the disease progresses again, they get retreatment. Right. Um, okay. So, so, so the, for these neurodegenerative diseases, really optimum therapy will be combo therapy. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's just talking to you. It's, it's plain that there is a, a massive amount of potential here, but also a, a huge amount of work to do yet so kind of what 
what's the next stage in the development of all this? Right. So we are currently in phase one trials in healthy volunteers. So the purpose of these phase one trials is for us to know how well is the drug tolerated, how high a dose can we go, um, and what are the most common side effects for, to look for when we go into patient studies. Uh, and so that study, that phase one trial, has two components to it, a single dose and then a multiple dose component. We're in the last cohort of uh, the multiple dose. So we're treating healthy subjects for 14 days uh, in a row, once a day. Um, and already we're at a dose that is higher than the highest efficacious dose that we used in our animal studies. So that's really good because we know we have a drug that's well tolerated, that can be tolerated, taken 14 days in a row uh, and be well tolerated. So the next step for us after we complete our phase one program is to go into patient studies. And currently we're planning to do patient studies in spinal cord injury, in multiple sclerosis and in Alzheimer's disease. Okay, so does that, that, that that's mean that you have you 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 look for volunteers or you find volunteers that have these issues and conduct trials with them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they'll be well control, placebo controlled trials, uh, well designed, and we'll look very carefully for signals of efficacy, uh, functional signals, imaging signals, uh, signals in the blood. Uh, we'll do a quite a robust study um, to look for. Uh, signals of efficacy right but you know th 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 this is not a morning's work is it you know th <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You, no. we are talking years here presumably yeah yeah so not it's it's uh, i guess it depends on your frame of reference uh if you're used to developing software then it might seem like a long time if you're used to drug development this can actually go pretty quickly um okay. so our phase one program we hope to complete this year we plan to complete this year we plan to start our studies in patients at the beginning of next year. And then we would have the initial results uh, in something like spinal cord injury uh, in early 2024, uh, late 23, early 24. Yeah. All right. So, so as, as you say, in, in, in terms of software, um, making software and developing stuff like that, it, it's, it's years. But actually, that's pretty quick for developing a, a, a drug potentially. It is, and and the reason why is is uh, you know some of the Alzheimer's drugs that are in development, what they're trying to do is slow progression in the disease, and when you're trying to do that, that disease develops over ten years. Multiple sclerosis develops over twenty years. So in order to, you can imagine, in order to detect a difference in the quality of the patient, if you're slowing development of the disease, you would need to study many many patients for a year or fewer patients for five years. Either way, it's it's long and expensive. But because we're repairing damage rather than trying to stop progression of the disease, we expect to see much quicker responses and in fewer patients. So that's kind of a nice upside for us. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. All right. Look, well, look, this, this, I mean, this this whole story is uh, absolutely uh, fascinating. You know, I've, 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 I've never heard anything like it. You know, I'm not a medical person, but, you know, I have lots of people on this show. And this is this sounds like one of the more interesting uh stories uh, that i that i've i've heard you know th this is this is potentially going to make a massive difference to a lot of people yeah i mean i would i would warrant to say that if we can show this works in humans dr silver deserves a mobile a nobel prize i mean this is nobel prize type science um which has flown under the wire um 
um, the, the story of how the company was founded is really quite interesting. It was founded based on uh, a dentist based here in Vancouver, where I'm located, whose daughter-in-law got in a um, wheelchair, uh, sorry, in a spinal cord injury accident. Um, she became a, a paraplegic. And Harold was looking for a solution for her and found that there was nothing approved. There are no therapies for spinal cord injury. Uh, the stuff that was in the clinic wasn't interesting at the time. And he found Dr. Silver's work and realized that this was really quite different. And not only that it was, we were seeing, he was seeing responses that others weren't seeing, but also it had application outside of spinal cord injury. So the industry is not very interested in spinal cord injury per se, because it's small compared to other spinal cord injuries. So it was really how they, they, Dr. Silver flew underneath the wire. Um, Big companies really weren't aware of what he was doing. They weren't trying very hard to, to get his technology out of the university. Harold, our, who's on our board, was really motivated. Uh, so there's an interesting story here about it took him two years to negotiate with the university to bring the technology out. And then what's really interesting is, even though we were motivated by spinal cord injury, this is not a spinal cord injury only technology. This is a broad technology, yeah. which potentially has broad applications. So that, um, when the success story finally gets written from this, it's gonna be a really, really interesting story. Yeah, all right. So look, if, if people are listening to this, and what two things really, they're thinking, right, I, I'd like to just find out a little bit more beyond what these guys have been chatting about. And also, you know, where are the published papers? Can I, can I read them? Peer reviewed published papers, I'm, I'm sure they're there. Where, where can people go uh, for both these things? Yeah, so um, first off, nervegen.com is our website, and it's actually quite a lot of information um, around our technology. There's been a lot of published papers around our technology generally, as well as our technology in different uh, disease models. The first publication around the receptor being present was in Science in 2009, and then the first publication related to our molecule and its ability to repair in spinal injury was in Nature in 2015. All those links um, to those two papers and all the other papers we've published are available on our website. Um, we talked a little bit about our programs. There's a corporate presentation that talks about our timelines. So it's a fairly comprehensive um, um, uh, website. Yeah, excellent. All right, I think that's, that's a, a, a perfect answer if people wanna find out a little bit more. So, Paul, it remains um, really to uh, ask you if you will come back in uh, a little while um, to to tell us, you know, how it's going. You know, you know the rest of these uh, these trials. I would love to invite you back to get some more news. Absolutely, very happy to come back. We, I, you know, I love talking about the company. You know, your enthusiasm for what we're doing. Everybody at the company has the same enthusiasm. Uh, the employees here our directors, our advisors, you know, something really cool is take a look at who our advisors are in the space of spinal cord injury, MS and Alzheimer's. And, and we've been able to attract the world's leaders, leaders in the space. These are really busy people. Um, and they get companies inviting them to be on their ad boards all the time. And if you look at who we have, it's a pretty impressive group. It tells you a lot about the excitement and their interest in being on the ground on something that could be revolutionary. Yeah. So there's it's, it's a lot of enthusiasm, enthusiasm around here um and uh, uh yeah it's a lot of fun so i love talking about it and happy to come back anytime good right i shall look forward to inviting you back but for now thank you very much indeed paul
Well, thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to returning. that makes you feel good. Nagging pain. We at Alka-Cells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. Alka-Cells. Part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alka-Cells. Life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside you will find a vegan restaurant juice bar and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Okay, right. I am too fat and I've got high blood pressure. I've decided to try and do something about it. Now I weigh in at 94.1 kilograms. I'm six foot tall. I put that into the NHS website and it tells me that I have a BMI, that's body mass index of 28, uh, which is in the realms of being um, too fat. Uh, it gives a sensible weight of someone my height and age and sex is between 62 and 83.7 kilograms. It then says I should uh, lose 4.7 kilograms. I don't quite understand that as the difference between my weight and the upper recommended weight is 10.4 kilograms. Either way, I need to lose some weight. Next time you're in a supermarket, pick up a kilogram bag of sugar. Then imagine 10 of them. Now that is what I need to shed. Right now, this is the scary bit. I look like a pretty regular bloke. I go for the odd jog. I don't look that fat at least with my clothes on, I look pretty normal. But I think that's the point. There are loads of people that ju look just like me. The scale of the problem is huge. There are many people that are like me and frankly are overweight. I'm more likely to get heart disease, strokes, diabetes, etc. And I have high blood pressure already. So I guess what I'm saying is it must be easy or it is easy to pull the wool over your own eyes. My plan is to eat better and do more exercise and I will report back on how it's going. Right, I'm, I have to say I'm in a place that I find somewhat alien. I'm in a gym. I haven't been in a gym for years probably when i was less than 18 and i'm, I'm 56 now uh, but i'm going to be in the gym a bit more in the weeks to come because i have met uh, vlad who's a personal trainer and uh, he has volunteered to be my personal trainer for the next month poor chap so uh hi vlad <laughs> hi mike hi uh, thanks for having me uh... you're, you're very welcome i mean thank you for taking me on so <laughs> Tell me, how, how long have you been a personal trainer, Vlad? So I've been a personal trainer for about seven years now. And um, 
why did you become a personal trainer? What made you kind of think that might be a fun thing to do? Well, to be honest, Mike, I, I was always passionate about fitness ever since I was growing up. And, uh, you know, I always looked at my future as to be in the fitness industry. So I guess, you know, step by step, here I am. <laughs> okay, good. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're a fit young man yourself. Thank you. Do you help people of all ages, all levels of fitness? You know, is, you know, you help everyone? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we have clients aged from 18 all the way up to age 74. Now, obviously, you know, different age and we all have, you know, different level of fitness. But what we do, as you know yourself, you know, we have an induction before and, you know, we have a consultation and a trial session, you know, and so we can kind of see and have a better understanding, you know, of what fitness level the person is at that moment, you know, and then we can build a training program specifically for that person, you know, so okay. yeah, that's right. how it. So, so we're on, on the first meeting and when you're thinking about the training program, do you, do you get a feeling if uh, clients are going to achieve their aims at, at the first meeting? We, I suppose really the question is whether they're really serious about it or they're just having a bit of a joke. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I would have to say yes, because obviously that's the reason why we're having that first, you know, trial session and the induction. You can, you know, kind of tell, you know, by the person's attitude, you know, how, 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 how much they're actually willing, you know, to, how much effort they actually want to put into it and how much they really need, you know, that transformation, you know, to feel better or, you know, feel more energetic and, you know, change those lifestyle and habits, you know. So. And, and how much pain they're willing to put up with. Well, you see, that all depends on the trial session because, you know, we can see of, you know, how much a person can actually push themselves, you know. So I think that's the main reason, you know, I will have the trial session okay. in place there. So tell me, what have you got planned for me? So I'm, I'm not an awful physical specimen, but, you know, I'm, I'm not as fit as I could be by a long way. And I'm, I'm 56, so I'm not 20 anymore. What, what have you got planned for me? Uh, so... For the next four weeks, what we have planned for you, according obviously to your goals for what you mentioned, you know, you want to lose a few pounds, you know, get a bit more toned up and, you know, feel better in general. And, you know, for the next four weeks, we have a program planned up for you, which consists of, you know, some weight training and some cardio and some circuit training. So, you know, hopefully in the process, we're going to keep tracking, you know, every week your weights and how you're doing, how the strength is improving, how your overall fitness is improving. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> So am I, actually, funnily enough. So we, you said we had, we had a demo, uh, a trial, um, well, it was about half an hour, maybe, maybe a bit longer. And I have to say, it was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. So, um, you know, it, it, it's looking good for the future. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like what I really liked about yourself, uh, like I could see even for the tri from the trial session, like you actually willing, you know, to go that little extra, you know, mile and actually... You're, you like to be, you know, pushed, which is, you know, what I like to see, you know, so you can obviously achieve a better result because I think from that kind of personality, that's what we're looking for, you know, a, a person that is willing, you know, to, you know, to get out of the comfort zone, basically. And, you yeah. know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to do that. Uh, well, let's see how uh, things develop. But it seems to me that, that one of the hardest and almost the biggest part of the job of being a personal trainer is to try and change people's habits and their approach to exercise, you know, so every, you know, lots of people can show people how to use a machine and encourage them to lift some weights, that sort of thing. But the real skill gets in people is, is in getting people to, really to change their lifestyle. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Mike. Uh, I mean, 
Honestly, we're all human, so we all have, you know, good and bad habits. Uh, and, you know, as a personal trainer, uh, when somebody comes to you, you know, and obviously they're being honest with you and they tell you about all the bad habits, you know, they have. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, just say no, you know, you have to drop all those bad habits because, you know, those bad habits don't come, you know, in a day or two. They yeah. build over, you know. You have to be realistic, don't you? Exactly. You have to be realistic. So what we tend to do, we kind of try to replace those habits with some good habits. And the way I feel is once the, the people see the results, that you know in the process that those good habits are you know helping them to achieve as well the bad habits tend to naturally go down if, if, if right. I'm making yeah, sense, that sense. Yeah. No, no that makes good sense all right so um, when we first met on the trial um, you took some photos of me right what's, what's the idea behind that right so obviously for the way I see it it's one of the best ways you know to keep track of the progress so what we do in here we you know we take photos uh, in the beginning then we do a photo again in the next four weeks, then eight weeks, 12 weeks, and etc. Just so we can keep track of the progress. Because, uh, you know, when you still see yourself every day and, you know, you don't really keep track, you know, you might feel different. You might, you know, see that there is a change. But when you have those pictures, you know, literally side by side, I think that's where you see like, oh, wow, you know, I, I really did change, you know. And, and I think another reason, obviously, as a business, uh, you know, it inspires other people and, our business is growing literally based mostly on our transformation pictures, which right. I think is a great thing. So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I am hoping very much that I can be one of the transformation pictures that uh, boosts your business. But um, time will tell, I guess. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. All right. So you're a personal trainer. You've been a personal trainer for seven years, you said, with a significant amount of success. But I want to ask you something a bit more personal actually because when we first met you said that you have Crohn's disease okay so first off what I mean what what is that uh, yes so uh, Crohn's disease so it's basically an inflammatory bowel disease uh, that uh, goes all the way through your digestion system and digestion canal and basically it creates ulcers throughout the digestion so uh, very similar to colitis uh, they're very similar symptoms, but whereas colitis has ulcers mainly in the small intestine and the large intestine, with Crohn's, the ulcers can be literally anywhere throughout the digestive system. Okay. So obviously it's a lifelong condition, so uh, unfortunately you have to be on medication pretty much for the rest of your life. Uh, there are some, some situations where you can be off it for a little while, but you know you have to kind of get back on it and off it and so so it's quite a serious condition does, does it interfere with you know your own personal training i mean uh, in general i think uh, you know training itself it has really helped me with the condition however you know obviously with a busy schedule and you know sometimes if you have a flare-up and you're not feeling well you know and you can end up at the hospital you know so that can mean you know some a few constellations or you know stuff right, like okay. that so it can sometimes I can't say it does affect in a certain way but I feel like like over over a year now you know I thank God I haven't had any you know flare-ups or nothing like that and it's been fine and I definitely think it's when you say a flare-up and you end up in hospital you know what 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 are the symptoms you know what what happens uh, so it's uh, really uh, you know big cramps in your stomach and you know just unbearable pain to be honest with you and it's right. just uh, yeah you know you have, like you have to be in the hospital, you know, under morphine sometimes even just to get the pain down, you know, right. and then... Okay. And, and this is, uh, I'm, well, I've done a little bit of research, actually, and based on our discussion last time, it's, this is not really based on lifestyle, is it? You know, this is, you know, you're just lucky with your, your, your genes. 
Well, yes, actually, because, I, I, you know, from what I know till this day, there's not really like a cure or something that you can have for Crohn's disease uh, or colitis, you know. So it's unfortunate for some of those people with a specific gene that it happens. And till this day, nobody really knows exactly from what it happens. So it's just one of those where you're not really, you know, sure, I guess you can say, like, as you said, it might be unlucky genes or... And an awful lot of people have it. A surprising number number of people either have Crohn's or colitis. Uh, so do any, any, any of your clients, people that you train, have it? Yeah, I actually had one of my clients who has the same condition. And, uh, you know, it was a bit more serious than mine, actually, you know, because he had an operation in the past. But uh, luckily, he's much better now, you know, and he's back to training. And, you know, he feels better than ever, which is great. But, uh, yeah, you know, I... I, I I had friends as well, you know, who had colitis, and, you know, it's, I think it's actually nice, you know, to kind of know people like that, you know, and, you yeah. know, you can relate to them, you know, and you can have a chat between us, you know, and kind of, uh, you know. Well, what, what I was thinking is if you've got clients who, you know, who, who suffer from these kind of diseases, actually, if their trainer is sympathetic to their needs, because actually they've got the same thing, yeah. this, this, could, this could be quite useful for them. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, you know, because I have it myself, I can definitely relate to them because I know, you know, myself, what, what struggles, uh, you know, they went through and, you know, how how painful it can be, you know. But at the same time, uh, you know, like, I want to kind of uh, encourage them and motivate them, you know, like, especially with training, you know, and, you know, watching your diet, you know, and, you know, there's specific foods that you can't eat, you know, and it's different for all of us. But I do believe, you know, like, if... Uh, you get on the right track with your diet, you know, and training and everything. I think it can definitely help with your. Right. And, and you, you know, you've been there. You've had to do it. So yeah. presumably, you can help others as well. I mean, you know, you're not a doctor, but you can be a, a good guide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I'm looking forward to the next month. I'm going to check in um, weekly uh, on on the show. Let people know how I'm doing and um, possibly be showing the after photos at the end to see how it all goes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Vlad, I have to say. Um, so thank you for taking me on. Um, now, if people are listening to this and think, all right, I might be interested in talking to Vlad about a personal trainer or a personal trainer who's sympathetic to Crohn's or, or colitis, have you got, how can people get hold of you? Have you got a website or on Facebook? How do you do it? Yeah, so the easiest way at the moment that would be uh, is Instagram. That's how, because uh, once they go on my Instagram, they can see, you know, the transformation pictures and then, you know, they can see my journey with my clients. Uh, so I would say that's one of the easiest ways, you know, and they can always direct message me, you know, and we can take it from there. And uh, now you can find me on Instagram at VladPTFitness. And, you know, you can always check out my posts, you know, and see if you like them. And, you know, don't forget to click the follow button. <laughs> Brilliant. Look, Vlad, thank you very much for chatting. We're going to be seeing a lot more of each other over the next month, so I'm looking forward to it. So thank you. Thank you to my guests on this week's show. They were Paul Brennan of NerveGen and personal tra- trainer Vlad Vensevikius. And of course, thank you to you for listening. And there's a special thanks to the show sponsor, Algo Cells, who bring regenerative orthopedic medicine to the UK. See their website, algocells.com, for details. If you or a loved one are in pain, please do have a look. That was the Relaxed Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening and please do join us again next time.